Good morning. And I welcome everybody who's watching online. If you're a guest here this morning, I want you to know that we are so glad that you have joined us. And immediately following this service, if you would go to our guest services, we have a gift for you. Guess what it is? You could be drinking out of a cup just like this. Anyway, all we're doing is, is we just want to show our appreciation for your being here, and we're just asking that you would, if you're looking for a church home, just grab some of the information, take it home, pray about it. If we can answer any questions, we'd love to answer any questions, but we would love to see you as a part of the family here at Central Community Church. So um, as I begin this morning, the very first thing I want to say is, back-to-back, CCP, Central Community Church, Central Community Preschool, I'll get it right, best preschool in Wichita. Isn't that awesome? We are so excited about that to Mariah and all of our teachers. Man, congratulations, back to back. I think we need to have t-shirts made that say back to back. Okay, the second thing that I wanna share with you real quickly is that um, on January 14th, mark that on your calendars, on January 14th, we are beginning our capital campaign here at Central Community Church, and I can't wait to show you what it is that God has put on our hearts to do. We have been working hard for the last five or six months to get to this place, and now we're ready to present it to the church. You're going to see some pictures and things like that, but I am so excited about what God is going to do through this refresh program, so be looking towards that. So we are in a series right now called Making Room. I can't believe we're already in the third week of this series, and next week is Christmas. And I want you to know that I really believe that this week, this third week, this is when we really need to hunker down. And what I mean by that is because, man, we are over our heads in stuff that we got to do. And many of us here are desperately looking to try and find the peace that we're supposed to have in this Christmas season. And you know what? It just seems to not be working. We began our series talking about making room, and making room is something that you have to be intentional about. It just doesn't happen. You have to have a plan in place, and you have to move things around, and you have to get rid of some things, but you have to make room for that which is most important. And we started out with, the way, what do we need to make room for is for how we impact others. And the way you do that is, first of all, you have to have Christ in your own heart. Remember what the Bible said in Revelation 3.20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's a, that's a, 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 a knocking. It's an invitation to fellowship by our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to be in community with us on a regular basis. But it doesn't stop there because when Jesus takes up residence in your life, you know what happens? There's always joy and it's automatic that you're going to impact other lives. Then last week we talked about hope. You have to make room for hope. Hope is not wishing. Hope is that confident expectation that we find in the promises of God. And the promises of God, the strength of those promises are found in God's faithfulness. And God is faithful, isn't he? And now today, we are need going to make room for peace. Now, I'm not sure what comes to your mind when you think about peace, but I saw something this week that is definitely not what I would call peace. I was out doing some shopping, running around, doing some errands, 
And as I was walking into the store, I won't mention the store, but there was a Salvation Army person out there, and they were dressed in red, and they were ringing their bell. Only they weren't just ringing their bell, they were... And you could tell by the look on his face, I have to admit, I laughed, but you could tell by the look on his face, he didn't have peace. In fact, he was a little upset. It wasn't a good day. The weather was kind of cold, and people would throw the money in the, in the pot, and he'd go, thank you. That's not the peace I'm kind of talking, talking about. I'm talking about that peace that comes from God. So our story today begins in Matthew chapter 13, okay? So let me kind of give you a little bit of background about this. Jesus is by the Sea of Galilee. Jesus did a lot of teaching by the lake, and that's what he's doing right now. He's getting ready to do some teaching, and as he's teaching, the crowd starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, you remember how Jesus taught. Jesus used parables, and a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But when Jesus taught, he didn't just give a message. He always combined the message. Obviously, it was the inspired word of God, but he combined the message with an object or, or some type of um, experience. And so whenever anybody was in the presence of the master teacher, as he was referred, they always went away different. They were changed. And my prayer for you today is this, is that when you hear the word of God, it's not my words that are going to change you. It's the word of God. But your job is not just to come here to be entertained. Your job is that when you receive the word that comes from God, what are you going to do with it? You know what a lot of people do with it? Nothing. Hey, I heard a good sermon. Nope, that wasn't a good one. Could have been better. But you know what? It's not on me. Once I deliver it, guess what? It's on you. And see, God wants to take his word, and he wants to change you from the inside out. Do you believe that can happen? The Bible tells us that God's word is alive. And not only is it alive, but it works on the inside of you and it changes you from the inside out. That's the power in God's word. So now Jesus is crowded by the lake and so they put him in a boat, as they would do, and they push him out a little bit and then he sits down. That's what the rabbis did. They would teach while they're sitting down and he begins to teach. And the story that he starts teaching on is the story of the farmer who sows and scatters his seed. How many of you have heard that one before? We've all heard that one before, right? But the difference is, is that when these people listened to Jesus, they saw themselves in the story. So think about all of these people that are listening to Jesus, and a lot of them, that's how they made their, their, their living was, is they were farmers. And so Jesus begins, one day there was a farmer and he was scattering his seed. And immediately, all of these people in their minds, they start seeing this. And Jesus says, and as he scattered his seeds, some fell on the rocky path. And even before Jesus finished what he was going to say, I'm sure some of the farmers in their minds were thinking, oh yeah, I've seen that happen before. You know what happens? The birds eat it up. And that's exactly what Jesus said. And then Jesus said that there was other seed. And you know what? It fell on the rocks. And it grew up quickly. But then it died. And then there was some other seed. And what happened to that? Remember, it fell among the thorns and the bushes. And Jesus tells us that it grew quickly, but then it was choked out. And then there's that seed. Remember, that seed that falls on the fertile soil and it produces a crop. And Jesus tells us it's 30, 60, and 100 fold. 
Every farmer knows you always expect more than what you've planted. Now, I know what you're thinking right now is you're thinking, I know that this story, this parable is about evangelism, and you would be right. But let's suppose something a little different today. Here's what I want to challenge you with. Let's suppose that maybe this parable is about how we hear a word from God. How do we hear a word from God? Now, we know God is always speaking. The Bible tells us that his creation calls out that there is a God, but God desires to be in community and communicate with his kids. And the number one thing that he wants you and I to hear is this, God loves you. So the question is, if God is always speaking, why am I not hearing him? I remember a few years back when the Franklin Graham crusade was here, and there was a guy that I got to work with. His name was Grover Mahan. Grover was in his late 80s then already. He was one of Billy Graham's best friends. He traveled with him everywhere. And I got to take Grover around, and one of the things that he told me was this, is he always told me, the key to your walk with Jesus is when you practice the presence In other words, you need to learn how to constantly be in the presence of Jesus. Did you know that that presence brings peace? His presence always brings his peace. But the problem is, is that I live in a world that is all about Bob, And so I get self-absorbed, and and I get anxious over certain things. And when things don't go right in my world, based on circumstances, it determines whether or not I have peace or not. So the question is, is that how do I plow up the soil in my heart or in my mind so that I can receive the word that God wants to sow in my life? I want to introduce you to a word here, and the word is mindfulness. It's the state of being mindful. What I want you to know is that I want to show you of what it means to live in the present. That's what we're trying to do. But the problem is, is that we're not mindful. If you're mindful, you're aware of what's going on right now. You know what our problem is in our lives? We live our minds on autopilot. And I'm telling you, the phones, all of the different things that we have that stimulate our mind are the worst thing because it fights what God desires most in our lives, quiet, so that he can speak. But instead, we live in a state of mindless thinking, just going through the motions. All right, let me prove it to you, okay? So we're going to play a little game here, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put up a sentence on the screen, and I want you to repeat the sentence together, and then I want you to fill in the blank. Everybody okay with that? Okay, this means yes, okay? All right, so there's like three or four of them, and I want you to 
watch what happens here, okay? Are you ready? Here we go. Let's say it together. The name of the tree that grows from an acorn is an? Very good. You got it right. One for one. Here's the next one. The funny story a comedian tells is a? Joke. Very good. All right, let's try another one. The sound a frog makes is a croak. Man, you are rolling. Here we go. The white of an egg is called a? I'm going home. Somebody told them that story now. All right, so... But do you understand what I'm talking about? If you said yoke, you just experienced what it means to live your, with your mind on autopilot. In other words, so many times when we're in conversations, we are present physically, but mentally we aren't even close, right? But Jesus wants us to remember that the only way that we can hear his voice is we have to be still and we have to live in the now. If you don't live in the now, you can't be in his presence, and if you're not in his presence, you can't have peace. You see, that's what the Bible calls the presence of God. It calls it peace. Stand with me out of respect for God's word. As I read from Isaiah chapter nine, verses six and seven. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I need to enjoy peace. I want peace I want peace with you, I want peace within, and I want to enjoy peace with others. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I'm gonna move my podium off to the side just a little bit, okay? All right, now, um, before we begin, I wanna make sure that we're all on the same page when we're talking about peace. Because there's different kinds of peace. There's the world's peace and there's God's peace. And what I want to make sure that you understand is I want to help you get God's peace. And there's a formula. There's a recipe for getting God's peace. So let's first of all make sure that we're on the same page, okay? Now, I just want you to look at this picture there. And I want to ask you, do you see that as peace? Now, I want you to just look at it. Look at how calm that, that, that water is. I mean, it's like glass. Can you imagine yourself maybe on this, on this water here, and maybe you're in a canoe. There's no motor. You don't even need oars, but you're just drifting along. 
there's a slight breeze, it's about 81 degrees, and every once in a while you'll hear the call of some bird that echoes in the forest. And it's just a sense of quietness wherever you go. How many of you would, would love to spend an afternoon enjoying that, right? Okay, I just want to tell you, wake, wake, wake that guy up back there. He just, no, I'm just kidding, okay? All right, now, let me show you the next picture, okay? Here's another picture. Is this piece. So I want you to look at this. There's a storm. The water is crashing over the side of the rocks. And just when you look down here and you see the water hitting the rocks, you can just hear. It's, it's a very noisy place, right? Now, I don't know, maybe some of you would look at that and say, man, that, that just seems like chaos. So tell me, is this your idea of peace or is this your idea of peace? All right, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> now here's what I wanna just share with you, okay? This is not peace. And I'll tell you why this is not peace. It's not peace because this kind of peace depends on circumstances. The wind has to be just right. There can't be any clouds in the sky. This is a peace that depends on circumstances. But this, on the other hand, is the kind of peace that God wants to offer you. And here's what I mean by that. If you look in this picture, right here is a dove. Can you see it? It's sitting on its nest, and is it perfectly at peace? It is content and it is in a good place. That's the kind of peace that I want to talk about today because this is representative of our world, right? How many times have you seen peace in our world? In fact, right now, you see people demonstrating all over our country, we want peace, right? At the end of World War II, the United Nations began. Their stated goal was to end all war and then usher in world peace. So how are they doing so far? Not very good, right? But don't blame them. It's not their fault. There has never been a single year in all of time where there has been all peace in this world. The Bible tells us that we can expect trials and tribulations, right? But Jesus also tells us that in and amongst those trials of tele, er, er, and, the, and the different, um, cel, not the celebrations, but del, one more, one, thank you, that we can have peace. If you want peace, the very first place you have to go is you have to go to Bethlehem, to the manger where the baby Jesus lies. Take a look at this verse from John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Did you hear that? My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, the word that the Bible uses is the word shalom. When you go to 
the, the holy lands, and you come on call, people there always say shalom to you. And what it simply means, it means wholeness, completeness, health, security, and prosperity. This is the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. You see, what I want you to understand is this. When we have the peace of Jesus, there is always joy and there is always contentment. The peace that the world gives us is the kind of peace that you have to work for. And you know what? That kind of peace depends on its resources. In other words, the world will have peace, but it depends on the circumstances. God tells us that the peace he gives is based on a relationship. Now think about When your life is right with God, you enjoy the peace of God, right? You see, the world can only experience peace in the absence of trouble. But God's people experience his peace in spite of the trouble. So yesterday, We had a funeral service here. There were two caskets up front here. One was of a mom, and the other one was of her daughter, who was a sophomore in high school. There were a lot of people here, and there were a lot of people that were hurting. The young girl's name was Maddie. Madison was her name. And she goes to Trinity Academy. She's a part of the small groups there. They called them shepherding groups there. And in the, within the last week or two, when the groups met, met the last time, in Maddie's group, the leader of the group asked the girls, is there anything heavy on your heart? They went around the room, and all the girls were talking about the different things, complaining about different things. And then it came to Maddie And the leader asked, Maddie, what about you? Anything heavy on your heart? And you know how she responded? I'm good. I'm good. That's peace. It's peace when it doesn't matter what the world's going through and it doesn't matter what other people are saying about you. It's having that peace and you understanding and knowing where that peace comes from. Our peace is not out there. The peace that God gives us comes from within. Take a look at this. People of the world walk by sight and depend on the externals but Christians walk by faith and depend on the eternals. You know what the power or the recipe that we have to remember about grabbing a hold of God's peace? It's three things. Number one, we have a Savior above us. We have a Spirit within us. And we have God's Word before us. Those are the key ingredients of receiving peace. 
Now, there are three types of peace that I want to talk about this morning. And the first one is the peace with God. The second one is the peace within. And the last one is the peace with others. I promise I won't be long, okay? So here's the first one. When we talk about peace with God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The Bible is crystal clear about something, you guys. You know what it is? That you and I, all of us, were dead in our trespasses. Would you agree with me on that? But then you throw in two words that I love in the gospel, and that's the words, but God. What about but God? But God put into plan his plan of salvation. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas, right? That baby born in Bethlehem. That baby born in Bethlehem, what you need to remember, as sweet and cute and adorable as he probably was, that baby was destined to die for your sin and mine. And you didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. It was a gift from God. It's called unconditional love. It's a gift from God, and he gave it to us so that no man can boast. That's where peace begins. I cannot imagine my life, I cannot imagine my life living and not having peace with Almighty God. I cannot imagine thinking about that the Lord could take me home at any moment and not being certain of where I'm supposed to be and where I'm going to be. I have peace with God, and that peace does not depend upon what I do or don't do. That peace was a gift from God that he gave to me through his son, Jesus Christ. Are we all okay with that? Now, remember that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the wise men came, and let's just take a look at it. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What were those gifts again? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's look at them a little bit closer, okay? The first one is the gift of gold. This was the gift given to kings. If you look in the Bible, whenever there was a visitor who came and and came to visit another king, they always presented them with gifts. Gold was always a part of it. Solomon was blessed with all kinds of gold. But there's something else special about this gold that we need to be aware of, and here's what it is. It was also the material that the inner walls and the altar were made of in the Holy of Holies. You see, when the tabernacle was built, There was this place called the Holy of Holies. It was the place where the priest went one time a year, one time a year, and he offered the sacrifices for the sins of the people. There was a curtain that separated everybody else. You remember John the Baptist, remember his father? His father went into the Holy of Holies, and you know what they did? They used to tie a rope to them. Because nobody could go in there. They would be struck immediately, and they would tie a rope around his leg so that if he went in and something happened, they could pull him out. 
When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us he tore that curtain from top to bottom. What's the significance of that? The significance of that is this. There is now no go-between between you and I and our Heavenly Father. Jesus made it possible where we can walk right into his presence. And I want you to know, when you walk into that presence, the result is always peace. So the first gift was gold. Here's the next gift. The next gift was frankincense. The burning of this gift was associated with worship. There was always frankincense. There was always an aroma. There was always a scent that was going on in the Holy of Holies. The frankincense represented a pure aroma, just like Jesus' life represents a pure, undefiled life. Do aromas change the way you feel? Think about this. Right now, I can smell my grandma's homemade apple pie baking in the oven. I can smell the roast that my wife has making right now in the crock pot. Oh, no. I guess I can't smell that. (laughs) Think about this. When you go in the movie theater, what do you smell? Popcorn, right? You know, the Bible tells us not only did Jesus say that you and I are light of the world, but Jesus also tells us that when we live our lives with Jesus at the center of it, you and I give off an aroma. Did you know that? What's it like when you walk into a room and it just smells good? I don't know about you, but I'm just like, oh, man, now that's peace, right? And that's what God wants to happen when you and I move out into the world. Everywhere we go, even when you go into the gym, there ought to be a sweet aroma about you that your life gives off. And that's what Jesus did. Everywhere he went, boy, he gave off a sweet aroma. That's why everybody was always around him. And when they were around him, they enjoyed the peace of God. Let's look at the next one, myrrh. Myrrh is a key ingredient used to prepare bodies for burial. Myrrh keeps the stench away. Myrrh helps to preserve a body so that we can enjoy to look, look at it for a period of time before it goes into the grave. And what I want you to know is that this is the part, this is the gift that Jesus declares to all of us, this is my mission. My mission is to die. And myrrh was exactly what was used when they went to the tomb because they were going to anoint him with that myrrh, but he had been risen from the dead. My friends, if you want peace with God, you must understand your standing in God's place. Here's the next one. Then we have peace within. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, there it is, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace we're talking about is the peace that you have, and when you have it, oh, you know you have it. And when you don't have it, you know you don't have it. This is the peace of God that says no matter what's happening on the outside, I'm going to be okay. 
But did you notice there's a recipe that God gives us how to get this peace? And it begins by this, don't be anxious. In other words, you can't pray and be anxious at the same time. So what does God tell us when we're looking for that peace, when we're going through a difficult time, when the circumstances in our lives are turning us upside down? Here's what the Lord says about getting peace. You come to me in prayer. You tell me your request. You thank me not specifically for what it is that you have, but you thank me for the fact that I am with you as you go through this. And then there's the promise. And what's the promise? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you want the peace of God in what you're going through, you have to be in the presence of God. And there's no better way to be in the presence of God than when you pray to him. Here's the next one peace with others. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I think there's something that we need to understand when we talk about having peace with others, okay? You cannot have peace with others if God is not first doing a work of peace in your life. In other words, if I'm not at peace with God, it's going to be real difficult for me to be at peace with others. And so that's why when we begin with having peace with God, and then we graduate to the having peace within, now we can enjoy peace with others. And the Bible tells us as much as it depends on us, it's kind of like in a marriage. It takes two to make a marriage work, right? One person can't make a marriage work, just like in any relationship. So what does the Bible tell us? It says, as much as you can, and as much as it depends on you, be at peace with others. Who is it in your life that you need to be in peace with? All right, I want to close with three things that I'm going to invite you to do during this Christmas season, and especially in the next few days and here's the first one. You got to learn to say no. And what I mean by that is this. Say no to the things that drain you, but say yes to the things that give you strength. Say no to going out and hanging out with the boys and the girls, but say yes to coming and spending time in worship of that baby born in Bethlehem. Here's the second thing. Be prepared. If you want to bring stress in your life, go into something unprepared, right? When you're prepared, it brings confidence. But when you prepare yourself in God's Word, it takes you beyond confidence to peace. And here's the third thing, the last thing. you got to look for peace in the right place. Peace at Christmas time just doesn't happen, my friends. You have to be intentional. And the place that you go to get God's peace is right here in his word. It's his presence that we're after because his presence always brings peace. That's my prayer for you this week. As you go through this week, through the hustle and bustle, all the last minute shopping and all the last minute preparations, 
I hope that if you're not at peace, that God will put someone who is at total peace in your life so that when you walk by them, you will notice them and you will see this quiet, confident strength. And you will know by the way they're carrying themselves that they are at total peace with God, within, and with others. May the peace of God which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible gift of peace. I know there are times in my life when I've been anxious. There are times in my life when I've tried to work out the circumstances so that I can have peace but that's not the peace that I need or want, and it's not the peace that you have for me. The peace that you have for me comes from being in the presence of my Savior. And I can be in that presence wherever, whenever, simply by calling out the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that peace that comes from you, that peace that's different from the world, that peace that is based on a relationship, and his name is Jesus. And it's in that name I pray, amen. Would you please stand? I want to give you the benediction, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace and joy and strength. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.